Today is Tuesday, July 25th, 2023. Barack Obama's chef, Tafari Campbell, drowns in a paddleboarding accident right across from Barack Obama's $12 million, 30-acre mansion in Martha's Vineyard. Hunter's former business partner, Devin Archer, to testify before House Oversight Committee next Monday. Lock and load, baby. Lauren Boebert joins the show today. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. How do we stay caffeinated every single morning for this show? How do we keep the energy up, ladies and gentlemen? Blackout coffee. You know me. You know what's in this cup. It is ding-a-lingin' right there because I got my iced coffee. We are ready to go. It's hot in Tampa, Florida. You know, it, it might be time to consider paddleboarding. It might be time to consider maybe a dip. It might be time to consider making sure that we have the energy, ladies and gentlemen, to stay afloat. And that is why we drink blackout coffee. We want to ensure that we give you the best caffeine that we can possibly recommend. And that is why I personally recommend blackout coffee. This coffee is 100% committed to conservative values. This coffee is brewed and made right here in the United States of America, right here in Florida. Go to blackoutcoffee.com slash Benny. Use the coupon code today and get 20% off your first offer. Blackout.com slash Benny. Click the link in the description. Blackout coffee is what powers our show and you need energy to fight for Freedom. Okay, so I want to start off uh, the top of the show by saying that there are horrible tragedies that occur, ladies and gentlemen, in life, and that those tragedies uh, need to be treated with respect. For instance, right now, breaking news, LeBron James's son, who's 18 years old, who's an athlete who was practicing with USC, so he's a college-level athlete, he's obviously the son of one of the most famous athletes in the world, he had a cardiac arrest. And so we want to begin the show by saying we pray for the people who are suffering right now and the news that we have to cover. We don't wish harm on anyone. We don't want anybody to experience any type of pain or suffering in this life. But let me tell you this, as somebody who's not a doctor, as somebody who's not a medical professional, I'm married to one, but I'm not one, as somebody who's simply a 37-year-old observer of life and trends, that this isn't normal that these things are not normal. 18-year-olds collapsing, cardiac arrest by the thousands are not normal. And so you need to start asking questions. Skepticism, ladies and gentlemen, can never be wrong. Skepticism, ladies and gentlemen, is always right because it is right to ask questions. The reason we have a First Amendment in this country at all is the ability to ask questions and to be wrong in asking of those questions. When you find out the facts, you present them. But the only way to find out the facts is to be curious. The First Amendment guarantees the right of a press to ask questions, the right to be wrong when the facts present themselves. But you'll never get to the facts unless you ask the questions. And so our prayers are with the James family. I, I think that LeBron James is a repugnant individual. I don't like his politics. I don't like his hatred of the First Amendment. But we here are using and practicing our First Amendment to say, prayers for your family, bro. And we want your kid, chil children to get better. But this ain't normal. So it's time to start asking questions. And ladies and gentlemen, we're going to start off today by asking some questions about the mystery of the death at Barack Obama's home. Now, the reason why it's a mystery is because we don't know all the facts. And when we know all the facts, then we'll report all the facts to you. But it is our obligation to ask questions about these strange stories that happen. And we'll begin by stating, as ever, permanent tweet here, that Tucker Carlson 
was right. Listen to this. By 2008, it was obvious to anybody who was paying attention that Barack Obama had a strange and highly creepy personal life. Yet nobody ever asked him about it. By that point, a leader's behavior within his own marriage, the core relationship of his life, had been declared irrelevant. It was Barack Obama's business, not yours. So Tucker Carlson saying that Barack Obama has a very, very creepy personal life. The answer to that question, ladies and gentlemen, is yeah. Yeah, he does. And we should listen to Tucker. And we should ask more questions. We should ask questions about this tragedy. This man, Tafari Campbell, drowned at Barack Obama's residence. This is what we know so far. Tafari Campbell was Barack Obama's chef, but didn't start as Barack Obama's chef. Tafari Campbell was George W. Bush's White House chef, in fact. Now, he rose to fame during the Obama administration. He's a husband, he's a father, and his death is a tragedy. But there are peculiar and very, very odd occurrences that have happened around and surrounding the death of this man, and we would like some answers to those. It, it seems strange what's happening with Tafari Campbell and the investigation into his death. But let's just start off the top. At 7.46 p.m. Sunday night, there was an emergency phone call into the emergency services of the very small, very idyllic, very non-diverse town of Edgartown in Martha's Vineyard. That is where the Obamas choose to live. One of the least diverse places in America, a place with only 6% minority population, a place that is 90% white, that is where the Obamas planned to make their permanent residence. They're there often in the summer time, and it is from that residence that an emergency call was made. The call was made from the Obama mansion about a struggle, about a tragedy that may have occurred in the pond across the Obama's private house. Now, these are important details because it sort of sets up the strange occurrences that happen afterwards. We have that dispatch call. Have a listen. Control to Edgartown Fire, Water Rescue Personnel, Echo 90 and Echo Unit. Respond to 79, Florida 9, Turkey Land Cove. For a 40-year-old male, possible drowning. Control to Edgartown Fire, Water Rescue Personnel, Echo 90 and Echo Unit. Respond to number 7979, Turkey Land Cove Road. For a 40-year-old male, possible drowning. Unit acknowledged. So that's the emergency phone call. Now, we do not have the recording of the actual phone call that came from the house. That's something that I would like to hear. Who made that call? And who was with the person, this chef, when they drowned? That's our first question for today. Who was there? Because there was another person there paddleboarding with this chef. Who was that person? The chef didn't have any life preserver on. Why didn't they have a life preserver on? Was the chef inebriated? Was there any type of struggle? There certainly was, according to the report. According to the reports, this chef drowned while trying to struggle with his board and was pulled under the water in eight feet of water. That seems very strange. Why didn't the person on the other paddleboard help them out? Why didn't they jump in the water? Why didn't they call for the secret service there? Does the secret service have video of this drowning? I think that's an important question. This is a presidential compound. I've been in and out of presidential compounds before. There are cameras everywhere, everywhere. Ask yourself this, would the media be calling 
for the release of all records if a high-level Trump official, someone very close to Donald Trump, drown in the Mar-a-Lago pool? Yes, absolutely. Yes, and we would have a right to know who that person was, how they drown, and we would want a full investigation. The call was made from the Obama mansion that there had been a disappearance of a person on a paddleboard who wasn't wearing a life preserver. According to the police report, the police then didn't go in and check the water. The police went door to door around the neighborhood to see if anybody else had seen the event occur. Well, it's very strange. Why would you go door to door knocking to investigate a drowning? That seems like odd police work. Again, who was the paddleboarder who was with this person? Were they the ones who called into the investigation? Were they the ones who called from the Obama mansion? This took place 100 feet off the shore of Obama's private beach. Did the Secret Service witness this happen? Did the Secret Service assist or help in this poor individual drowning? Wouldn't This would obviously be observed inside of this compound. There are photos of the Obama compound. We can put them up. You can see the Obama's private beach. You can see how the private beach, that is, the direct access point to Barack Obama's home can be uh, something that is utilized as an entry point, and therefore the Secret Service has to lock it down, especially when Obama is there. And this is a final question I think is very important, is why did the Obamas lie? According to a statement, the Obamas said that they weren't home when in fact they were. They've now had to correct the statement and say they weren't home technically, they were on the island which would actually be the reason why their private chef was there in the first place, right? Because he was working for them. This gentleman, Tafari Campbell, has worked for the Obamas for a very long time. He travels with them all over the world, makes food for them. Why would this man uh, be in a place where they are not? And who was with him? Who made the phone call? Why did it take 12 hours to recover a body in 12 feet of water? All of it is very odd. All of it is very strange. Why didn't this man have a life preserver on? Was he inebriated at the time? And more importantly, why is there seem to be conflicting reports about this man being unable to swim? Why is a man who is unable to swim out on a paddleboard? There's a post that this man, the late Tafari Campbell, made on Instagram saying he can't swim. This is the post. You can see here, this is from his Instagram. And he ha uses a hashtag, I can't swim. Okay, well, if you can't swim, then wear a life preserver or don't go out into the middle of the water. But here's another strange thing. On that same Instagram, there's video of Tafari Campbell learning how to swim and proving that he's actually quite adept in the water. Videos of the guy swimming himself in the pool. These are videos from the man's own Instagram saying, actually, I can swim. I'm learning how to swim. He tags these survival skills, quote unquote. Why was he learning survival skills? Well, maybe because he lived an exotic life with Barack Obama traveling all over the world. And there are plenty of opportunities to swim. Maybe this is just something he wished to, to learn in his free time. But it did turn out that Tafari Campbell could swim. So don't believe people when they say that this guy drowned because he couldn't swim. It, it seems like he's very adept at swimming. So how did this man drown in eight feet of water? 
doesn't make any sense. These are questions. These are real questions. And I'll preface this entire line of questioning by saying that this is, of course, a tragedy. We don't want to have to assume there's any foul play. We don't want to have to assume that anything bad happened other than just a horrible accident. I, I think that that's easier for everyone. Again, the man leaves behind a wife, children. It's awful. We pray for them, of course, and we're sad about it. But it's our obligation to ask these questions because we have been lied to by official narratives for the better part of my entire adult life. I'm 37 years old. I was lied to immediately when I was in high school about WMDs, about September 11th. I was, I've, been I, I've been lied to my entire life by official narratives. Fast forward, the Ferguson narratives, it's all a lie. Michael Brown, hands up, don't shoot, all a lie that Barack Obama helped propagate actually to the detriment and destruction of a good American town, St. Louis. These are lies. Barack Obama lying about Trayvon Martin. I mean, in weaponizing th these situations, I mean, again and again, don't even get me started, Donald Trump and every single lie, every single hoax that has been perpetrated on us, official narratives that have been shoved in our faces that were absolute psyop trash. If the media had done a scintilla of actual real journalism and real reporting asking on any real question about Joe Biden, Ukraine, Hunter Biden, if they had even like an ounce of curiosity about these things and proved that they ha have the capacity to search out and find the truth, then maybe it wouldn't fall immediately to myself and virtually every other person on the internet to look at a situation like this and scratch our heads and go, this is a little curious. It's a little weird. What happened to this man? We have questions. And it is the media's destruction of their own credibility that lead to us asking, having to ask questions like these and not believing official narratives until the facts play out before us. Because oftentimes, in the case of Hunter Biden's laptop being Russian disinformation, the facts are the opposite of what they tell us. I didn't do it. You did it, corporate press. Not you. We love you. So don't come at me for asking questions about this. This man seems like a very sweet person. You can see him as videos in the White House. Videos of the White House chef. There have been uh, videos that featured Tafari Campbell. He seemed like a great guy. Check it out. As exciting like this, you don't want to go too fast, uh, curating a, a lot of air, which will make the bear taste better. They're all topped off. You want to at least get the water to the to the to the neck caps back on it. Now we wait. Got to keep it under lock and key. So there's been videos of Obama in the kitchen, actually with this chef. Here's the one that we could find uh, from the Today Show uh, back in 2013, 2014. The White House kitchen, where, among other things, you brew beer. We make beer. First president <laughs> since George Washington to, to make some booze in the White House. All right, are we going to try this let's, beer let's or this what? Th this is the honey ale Okay. Uh, made from 
honey from Michelle's garden. That's how this originally came about. Somebody in the Navy mess figured out that you could make uh, beer using honey. Okay. So let's taste it. All right. Well, it's been it. well reviewed. Okay. Has it? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's see what you think. I'm gonna take a tiny sip. Mm -hmm. Quick game of either or while That's we're having this beer. beer. Football or basketball? Uh, I'm still a basketball guy, but I love football. Offense or defense? Always offense. Wings or chips or guac? Uh, now that's tough. You know, I'm going to go chips and guac. I, I, I'm a, a fanatic about guac. Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden? Love them both. <laughs> I, I had to try. I had to try. Thank you, Mr. President. So there's been strange occurrences happening to chefs who have left the White House in Democrat administrations. We're not even going to touch on the fact that uh, this area of Massachusetts is also where Ted Kennedy left a staffer to die in a car that he drove off a bridge in Chappaquiddick. Of course, that's just around the corner from here. But ladies and gentlemen, um, there's also another chef who worked for the Clintons, the previous Democrat administration, the Obama administration, and this chef also drowned inexplicably. Uh, how many Americans, how many grown adults who are athletic, who can swim, end up drowning in America every single year? And how many of those, what percentage of those are White House chefs? Seems like a shockingly high percentage. Don't come at us for noticing trends. Check out the news report. State and local police are still conducting an investigation into Tafari's death, and our hearts go out to Tafari's family and to the Obamas and primetime will keep you updated. Now, in a tragically strange coincidence, Tafari is not the only presidential chef to drown. Clinton chef also drowned. Jesse Waters trying to like hold back his skepticism and morbid curiosity about these strange stories. Here from CNN, ex-Clinton White House chef died by drowning autopsy shows. Uh, okay, here CNN is reporting on Clinton's private chef drowning. Now know how Walter Sheeb died. His body was found Sunday night just off the Yerba Canyon trailhead in very rugged terrain. New Mexico State Police say after an autopsy, the medical investigator reports Sheeb drowned and his death is officially an accident. Sheeb moved to Taos in March. A friend told our partners at the Journal he may have been trying to be closer to his girlfriend. He previously worked as a chef in the White House, first under Bill Clinton, and stayed on when George W. Bush took over. Last night, President Clinton released a statement reading in part... Hillary and I are saddened by the tragic passing of former White House executive chef Walter Sheeb. Our family was grateful to have Walter with us in the White House for six years, where we and visitors from around the world loved his delicious and creative meals. And former First Lady Laura Bush added, President Bush and I are saddened by the tragic death of former White House executive chef Walter Sheeb. Walter was an outstanding talent. He prepared magnificent dinners for world leaders and delicious fare for our family and friends. George and I send our heartfelt sympathy to Walter's loved ones. He was also involved in multiple charities, appeared on Iron Chef, started his own corporation, and wrote a book. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, so don't come at us for just noticing coincidences here, for noticing similarities, and for asking questions. Again, here from the Daily Mail, this is the top article of the Daily Mail right now, the Obamas said they were nowhere near this tragedy. 
but it turns out they were actually on the island at the time. This chef was on the island because Barack Obama was there. This private chef, of course, did not start working for Barack Obama, started working for George W. Bush. Barack Obama kept him on. He was one of, I think, two chefs that were allowed to remain on during the Obama administration and then came on board as the private chef for Barack and Michelle Obama. Initially, the Obama's office said they were not home. Now their office has had to clarify saying that they were on the island, just not at the residence when Campbell drowned. So to sum up here, ladies and gentlemen, who was paddleboarding with this individual? We are only asking questions because we actually care. All right. We're asking questions because we care. And it, like people, people have the right to have closure on things. And you can only have closure when you actually know what happened. Who was paddleboarding with this man? Why, if you were paddleboarding with somebody that you cared about and you saw them go under the water, wouldn't you jump in to help them? Wouldn't you dive in to try, like the whole thing, the whole thing, if you play it out in your head, you're paddleboarding with your dad, with your father or your buddy, your friend, and you see them go under the water and you don't try and help. There was a witness to all this. The witness didn't do anything. The witness like, didn't attempt to help, just watched this man go under the water and not come back up again and then paddleboarded to shore called the police presumably the secret service didn't help where's the secret service cameras where's the footage of this then they called the 911 operator from obama's residence the police showed up didn't find the body until 12 hours later this is not a huge body of water this is not a big town this town has 5000 people in it it's a small small town Obama's residence is expansive, doesn't have any neighbors. Police said they went door to door looking for him. Why would you do that? Why would you go door to door looking for a drowned person? If this person was a bad swimmer, why wasn't he wearing a life jacket? If this person was a good swimmer, why did he drown in eight feet of water? It don't make no sense. Skeptics can never be wrong. Why would the Obamas initially lie about where they were? These are questions, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. The Obamas have released a statement saying that it's a horrible tragedy and they're very, very sad about what, what happened. So are we. And that's why we're asking questions. Because we have a right to ask. And we have a right to know. And most importantly, we have been lied to. And I wish I didn't have to face every single new big breaking story with a heaping mountain of skepticism. But that's what we must do. Every single major story in the last 20 years has been a lie in order to manipulate us, in order to harm us. And perhaps odds are this is just a tragic accident that occurred. With some with some curiosity or some strange things that happened during tragic accidents. But it is our obligation based on what we know about the people who protect Official narratives and the regime apparatchiks like the Bidens, the Obamas, and the Clintons, who don't have any curiosity about the individuals who left bags of cocaine at the White House, the White House, the most secure and monitored building on planet Earth. You cannot get in without a full background check, social security number, vetting, 
cameras covering every square inch of that house. And they say that they can't find the guy who left a bag of Coke. They lie to you. They lie to you for expediency. And the press just go, oh, thanks for looking. Thanks for looking. That's really nice. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. You force us into this. By doing that to us, you force us into this. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is just us asking questions. There remain questions about this. It's very mysterious. And like every single tragedy, these people, the people close to this person deserves, deserve closure. And you only get closure by asking and getting answers to these strange questions. Okay? And it's our obligation to ask. And there we go. Doing the job that the media won't do. But you know what? We're the media now. So die mad, right? Like we're the we're the media now. So it's our job and our obligation to actually ask questions. Who's going to be the first person to FOIA this information? This is important. Who's going to be the first person to FOIA this? Again, the thing I can't get past is the fact that this happened right off of Obama's private beach. That's an entry into Obama's house, and there has to be security cameras. There has to be. There has to be cameras that caught this. This is a horrible tragedy. Shouldn't happen. And where where's the footage? Why didn't the Secret Service run out to go help? These guys are in the tip-top shape. They can run, jump, swim. You have to be able to do those things to be a part of the Secret Service. Why didn't they jump out to help? Why did it take 12 hours? The whole thing is extremely, extremely strange. And it deserves people asking questions in order to find out the truth. Ladies and gentlemen, the truth is that uh, your cell phone is listening to you at all times. So whether you're asking these questions on a live stream or just in the uh, small hours of the night, to your significant other, your phone is uh, listening. That's why when you talk about, let's say, pink socks, you'll get an ad for pink socks uh, the next time you open up Google because your phone is listening. Next time you open up Amazon because your phone is listening. If that creeps you out, as it does me, then you should consider detoxing from your phone with Silent. Silent is the light, portable Faraday sleeve for your mobile device that protects your privacy, security, and health. Patented Silent Pocket Faraday technology blocks harmful radiation and all wireless signals from giving you any type of headache and giving you peace of mind that your personal data will never end up in the wrong hands. Go to Silent today, slnt.com, Silent today. Use Benny at checkout, code Benny at checkout, save 10%, free shipping on qualified orders. I use Silent, it makes sure that I sleep very, very soundly at night, making sure that I am also having a little bit of privacy in my conversations with my wife when the kids are down and we're down in the kitchen uh, chatting about the way the day goes. Silent, S-L-N-T dot com. Use the code Benny at checkout. All right, somebody who's no longer staying silent is Hunter Biden's friend, Devin Archer, who is set to testify before the House Committee on Monday under subpoena as he prepares to dish about his longtime partner, who put his powerful father on speakerphone to impress his clients. Devin Archer is a major 
crisis for the Bidens. The Bidens are, in fact, totally subservient to Devin Archer because he was the minder for Hunter. The role of Devin Archer was to effectively shepherd around Hunter Biden to be the guy who watched over this cokehead, who watched over this derelict, this drug abuser, this womanizer. This was the person who held the leash. And more importantly, Devin Archer is pissed off at Hunter Biden. They do not have a good relationship. They have a terrible relationship. Devin Archer, in fact, is going to prison for crimes that were set up by Hunter Biden. We'll get to that in just a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, check out the news. Hi, Brett. Uh, the House Oversight Committee now says they have locked in a deposition with Hunter Biden's former business associate, Devin Archer, for a week from today. That's July 31st. The news comes as oversight Republicans today also say they have evidence that President Biden himself communicated with Hunter Biden's business partners, business associates overseas many times in the past. House Oversight Chairman James Comer says his committee believes Hunter Biden phoned his father multiple times while in meetings with foreign companies and put him on speakerphone with and without his knowledge. We're looking forward very much to hearing from Devin Archer about all the times he's witnessed Joe Biden meeting with Hunter Biden's overseas business partners when he was vice president, including on speakerphone. So this is the bombshell that broke yesterday that Joe Biden was on speakerphone regularly with Hunter Biden's business clients, and they were talking like, get your dad on the phone. This is the anecdote from yesterday's breaking story that the Ukrainian businessmen who were paying Hunter Biden would regularly pressure Hunter to put his dad on the phone. And 24 different times, Joe Biden got on the phone in order to grumble and mumble and in order to impress the business partners of Hunter Biden. Of course, that would be very impressive because the vice president of the United States is a very, very powerful person. Now, even though that is now sworn testimony, recall that Joe Biden has denied this every step of the way. Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business And so how do you know? Oh, yeah, here's what I know. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking him the question, why is he on the phone with a foreign leader trying to intimidate a foreign leader, if that's what happened? That appears what happened. You should be looking at Trump. Trump's doing this because he knows I'll beat him like a drum. And he's using the abuse of power and every element of the, the of presidency to try to do something to smear me. Everybody looked at this and everybody's looked at it and said there's nothing there. Ask the right questions. Okay. Ask the right questions. See how it all works? I'll tell you what questions to ask if you dare, dare come at me with something that's not the official narrative. The official narrative every time. There's WMDs in Iraq. Hunter Biden's laptop is Russian disinformation. Donald Trump is a Russian asset. Official narrative. Donald Trump worked with Russia, colluded with Russia in order to rig the 2016 election. The 2020 election was the safest and most secure election in American history. How dare you deter and deviate from the official narrative? 
You see Joe Biden lecturing there. He goes on and he lectures again and again and again. The same thing happens with cringe Jean-Pierre at the White House. Cringe Jean-Pierre asked about this directly yesterday. Here's our cringe alert. Chairman James Comer today says that the Oversight Committee, excuse me, has evidence that the president in the past communicated directly with foreign business associates of his son Hunter Biden many times. Curious if the White House and the president still stand behind his comment that he's never been involved and has never even uh, spoken to his son about his business. So I've been, I've been asked this question a million times. The answer is not going to change. The answer remains the same. The president ha was never in business with his son. I just don't have anything else to add. So the president was never in business with his son. Got it. Okay. So let's go ahead and check the record here. According to RNC research, 16 times that Joe Biden met with his son Hunter's business associates. Thread. November 2010, Joe Biden has a sit-down meeting with Eric Schwerin, the president of Hunter's private equity firm in the West Wing. November 2011, Joe Biden meets with Chris Hines, stepson of John Kerry and co-founder of Hunter's private equity firm in the West Wing, according to the White House Visitor's Log. March 2012, Joe Biden meets with Andreas Pastriano on Grau, the former president of Colombia with whom Hunter was doing business at his personal residence. December 2013, Hunter flies with Joe Biden aboard Air Force Two to China, where Hunter helps arrange for Jonathan Lee, his Chinese business partner, to shake hands with his father in the lobby of the American delegation's hotel, along with picking up a billion dollars in investment from the communist Chinese. February 2014, Joe Biden has lunch with Hunter and two of Hunter's Mexican business partners and gives them a tour of the White House. April 2014, Joe Biden meets with Devin Archer, another co-founder of Hunter's private equity firm. In the White House, Archer joins the board of Burisma a week later. Archer is now testifying against the Bidens, and they are in panic. June 2014, Hunter introduces M Manuel Estrada, his Latin American business associate, to his father. After the meeting, Estrella, Estrella emails, Hunter, I just met your father. It's so exciting. Hunter replies, I'm glad to finally get you both together. August 2014, Joe Biden golfs with Hunter and Devin Archer, both of whom are on the board of Burisma. April 2015, Joe Biden attends a dinner in Washington, D.C. with Hunter's business partners. November 2015, Joe Biden hosts the Sun's Mexicans business partners in his vice presidential residence office. February 2016, Biden flies Hunter and Jeff Cooper, a family business partner, aboard Air Force Two for a business trip to Mexico City. May 2016, Joe Biden meets with Eric Schwerin, the former head of Hunter's private equity firm, for dinner in Washington, D.C. September 2016, Joe Biden attends a fundraiser for Francis Person a business associate of Hunter and former advisor to the vice president's office. May of 2017, Joe Biden met with family business partner Tony Bobulinski twice. June of 2018, Joe Biden texts Hunter Biden saying he was with Jeff Cooper, a family business partner, and that Cooper wanted to do some work with him. And that's not even all of it, ladies and gentlemen. Miranda Devine with the rest of the not in business with my son. Watch. The White House's response today, they were ready for this question. The answer is the president was not, quote, in business with his son. How significant is that shift in rhetoric? 
Well, it's an enormous uh, change from the original uh, denials repeatedly made by Joe Biden, both uh, before the election, during the campaign and afterwards, when he said he knew nothing about his son Hunter's overseas business dealings. And whenever anybody asked him about it on the odd occasions that journalists got to him, he would be very angry and very indignant about the idea that anyone would question his integrity. Um, and now uh, we see that because Devin Archer is about to testify on Monday about um, what he witnessed and what Joe Biden knows that he witnessed about those meetings between Hunter and Joe Biden and Hunter's overseas business partners, um, they have changed their tune uh, quite significantly. And so now the line is that Joe Biden is not in business with his son. And you can bet that coming in the future, they'll be parsing the meaning of in business. Yeah. Notice the semantic play saying that they are in business together. They were never in business together. No, they actually weren't in business together. It was an abusive relationship. And I've totally flipped on this. This was an abusive relationship via Joe Biden. Joe Biden was using his coke head adled kid that he knew was a complete and total F up and then putting him in front of fountains of money, fire hoses full of unaccountable cash, dirty money in places that are the hotbeds of sex trafficking and drug abuse all around the world, Moscow, Ukraine, China, Pan Pacific Asia, Jack. Joe Biden is a bad father. Joe Biden is a bad person. Any good father would have taken their son and said, you need to go to rehab. You will not be in charge of a multi-million dollar dark money empire. But Joe Biden was so obsessed with the family name, was so obsessed with fixing his son in his own way that he used him as a bag man. Joe Biden manipulated his son. Joe Biden betrayed his son. Joe Biden betrayed his fatherly duties to protect his child. He used Hunter Biden as a front to make himself millions of dollars. And that's why Hunter Biden in his own texts say, hey, I hope you, you can provide for the family. I won't make you give me half my salary. He's texting one of his uh, daughters. Joe Biden made Hunter Biden give him half. 10% for the big guy? No. 50% for the big guy. This was Joe Biden's way of getting rich off of his degenerate son that he knew had a drug problem. But Joe Biden didn't care. It was all about Joe Biden getting rich. Just like Joe Biden doesn't care about his own granddaughter. Hang a stocking for the dog. And now their family is going to the dogs right now. Check this out. Here's a photo of Devin Archer and Joe Biden in the executive office building where the vice president has his office. If they weren't discussing business, what was Joe Biden meeting with Devin Archer in 2014 in the Eisenhower Executive Office building? Why did the Biden family have this photo removed from the Burisma website immediately after the company posted it? It comes down to this. Will Biden's DOJ promise threaten Archer with something that will stop him from telling the truth about Joe? We'll see. This was the photo on the Burisma website, in case you're wondering what these people were paying for. For further information about how terrified they are that Devin Archer is testifying, ladies and gentlemen, check this out. Here's a text message from Devin Archer to Hunter Biden. A, 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 
effectively, the family, just like every other disposable person in their orbit, the Biden family has gone through and burned these people alive. Devin Archer is one of them. Devin Archer was texting Hunter Biden, asking, why are you trying to put me in prison? Why am I being arrested? And Hunter Biden's response is, you mean nothing to me. Why did your dad's administration appointees arrest me and try and put me in jail? Just curious. Some of our partners asking out here. Hmm. That's a little interesting. What did Hunter Biden respond? Buddy, are you serious? There's no connection or control between the two. The same Justice Department can investigate and prosecute this president and his family. It does in every administration. It's democracy. Un the unfairness to us allows for the greater good. I'm depressed. You were always a brother to me. Every great family is persecuted, including us. You're part of this great family. Not a sideshow. It's the price of power. These people are questioning you truly have none, whereas you go through perseverance and poise. Screw you. You're going to take a bullet for the family in our darkest moments, says Hunter Biden. This is why they're terrified of Devin, Mar Devin Archer testifying before Congress, ladies and gentlemen. Miranda Devine, who has been divine on this topic, who has been the most fearless reporter on this topic in all of our press and media, had this to say about the potential bombshell of this testimony against the Bidens from the key to the entire Biden crime kingdom. Watch. But for Devin Archer, um, I mean, he's been completely abandoned by the Bidens. Uh, he's been hung out to dry on this uh, tribal bond scheme, this company, Burnham, that uh, Hunter Biden was vice president of, but that the Southern District of New York, the prosecutors there deemed that Hunter Biden had no involvement in this. Um, Devin Archer lost money on the deal, several million dollars, I believe. Uh, Hunter Biden made some money. Uh, he was paid a salary, about a $150,000 or $200,000. Um, so Devin Archer appears to be the guy who's been sold down the river and uh, he's going to jail and he has nothing to lose. And I think, um, you know, from what I'm told from his point of view, he just he's decided to comply with the request from the House Oversight Committee. It's not something he's chosen to throw himself into, but he just wants to tell the truth and get it all off his chest and have it all go away so that he's not part of it anymore. Devin Archer is a man who is currently going to prison for a scheme to defraud an American Indian tribe, a scheme that was set up by Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden doesn't get charged, but Devin Archer does. Devin Archer has taken the bullets for the Biden family and is probably at this point pissed. And that is why Kevin McCarthy is saying, yeah, based on what we're seeing, it's now time to raise an impeachment inquiry into the Bidens. Stick around for that clip because that is absolute bombshell. You'd be able to see that clip loud and clear and get all of our news if you were on America's most dependable wireless network. Patriot Mobile, ladies and gentlemen, is what we use. We go all around the country. We travel a lot. 
We want to stay connected to you, of course, and always. And we use Patriot Mobile to do that. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider offering dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks. You get the best possible service minus the leftist propaganda. That's a win-win. Switch to Patriot Mobile today to support a free speech, religious freedom, sanctity of life, Second Amendment supporting military veteran and first responders company that has your back and also has your back so that you can get the news of the day. PatriotMobile.com slash Benny today. PatriotMobile.com slash Benny today. Get free activation with the offer code Benny. Make sure that you use a cell phone company that protects free speech. Ladies and gentlemen, somebody is looking to protect this country and somebody is looking to actually start making some pretty massive moves against the Biden crime family. Kevin McCarthy saying impeachment back on the menu, boys. Watch. We now have some of the most credible whistleblowers. These 10 year IRS agents who have come forward said that the Biden family has been treated differently, that what Weiss has told us is different than what Garland and Weiss has told the public. And you're sitting here today where now you have found millions of foreign money, just what the 1023 alleges they did to Biden's family. Now we found that it has funneled through shell companies. If you're sitting in our position today, we would know none of this if Republicans had not taken the majority. We've only followed where the information has taken us. But and it is rising to the level of impeachment inquiry, which provides Congress the strongest power to get the rest of the knowledge and information needed. Because this president has also used something we have not seen since Richard Nixon, used the weaponization of government to benefit his family and deny Congress the ability to have the oversight. Ladies and gentlemen. Kevin McCarthy is not a wild-eyed, flaming, hair-on-fire radical. Kevin McCarthy, I think, is doing a good job and an admirable job. He ain't perfect, and there ain't no such thing as a perfect man, this side of Jesus Christ walking the face of the earth. But I think that Kevin McCarthy has uh, punched above his weight as Speaker of the House. Kevin McCarthy saying that it's time for impeachment of Joe Biden is a massive bombshell. It is a huge deal. And it is effectively uh, the thing that is going to define this Congress. Now, there has been somebody who's been calling for the impeachment of Joe Biden for a very long time. You could say from day one. I'm sure that she is quite proud and happy about this news. And ladies and gentlemen, the congresswoman from Colorado, the great Lauren Boebert, joins us now. Lauren, congratulations. It seems like you finally won this round. I think we're going to do this, Benny. Uh, you know, I've been calling for impeachment uh, since the last Congress that I served in. And uh, here we are uh, with the Speaker of the House saying it is time for an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. Uh, a lot of folks uh, say, you know, why are you going after Hunter Biden? Uh, he's not serving in office. But the fact is, Benny, we are seeing all of this information come out from the criminal investigators with the IRS and the shell companies, the bank records, all of this oversight that has been conducted into Hunter Biden's shady business dealing has led us to the big guy. And this is very, very important because we cannot have 
someone who holds the office of the president of the United States who is corrupt. Uh, they have been selling access to our government for years, and it's all through Hunter Biden's business dealings, which we are seeing that Joe Biden had plenty of communication with Hunter Biden. And now we will have Devin Archer before uh, the Oversight Committee uh, to hear his testimony in a deposition this week. So I am perpetually confounded by the lack of curiosity of this by uh, the left. I get it. I like I get the whole setup, Lauren. Like, I get it. Right. Like, show us evidence of Joe Biden being a criminal. Show us the evidence. OK, well, here's Hunter Biden's laptop. Here's all their text messages. Here's all the receipts of the meetings and the bank records. No, no. Show us the real evidence. OK, here's Joe Biden on tape, literally admitting to getting Shokin fired. No, no, no. We want the real evidence. OK, here's all of his business partners that have turned against them and have testified against them. No, no, we want real evidence. Okay, here's the IRS whistleblowers and the DOJ whistleblowers and the FBI whistleblowers that are saying that this family is corrupt and the administration around them is corrupt. When does it stop, Lauren? Is it impeachment? I guess my question here is, is impeachment like the final uh, like spear into the, into the into the sand saying like, no, you will pay attention to this. You will look at this evidence to the American people. Uh, that is why an impeachment inquiry is so important, because it does uh, force attention on the actual evidence that we have, all of the information that we have collected uh, now that we are in the majority. So that is very important to get this narrative out to the American public, because Democrats live in a fantasy land. They can't even tell the difference between a boy and a girl. Uh, so to, for, for them to demand um, so much evidence, have us provide it, and then them say, uh, no, we still need real evidence, it's, it's not very surprising that they're going to deny the facts um, when this is the supposed party of science and they can't even accept real science when it's slapping them in the face or being jabbed into their body. So, uh, you know, there, there's um, a very important narrative here with an actual impeachment inquiry. Now, Benny, you know that um, I took to the House floor to force a vote on impeachment. And this was for Joe Biden's uh, dereliction of duty at the southern border, opening up our, our borders and allowing tens of thousands of children to go missing, uh, millions of illegal aliens to pour into our country, bringing fentanyl with them, killing American citizens. Uh, and so I went to force that vote. And it was simply because we were not having any inquiries in our committees. Uh, I was promised that we would have an inquiry uh, and and get this out to the American public, all of this information that we have. Uh, but I do think that this corruption, this bribery scheme that we are seeing from the FD 1023s, uh, $5 million to Joe Biden, $5 million to Hunter Biden is what we're, we're reading in this uh, FD 1023, all of the bank transactions, the IRS whistleblowers, all of this. I do think that this takes precedence um, because this is uh, very clearly grounds for for impeachment. I don't think that this would be confirmed in the Senate, but the American people deserve to know the corruption that is taking place with Joe Biden as he holds this uh, the office of the president of the United States. It is corruption. They even tried to hide this from you. You famously came on this show directly from the skiff looking yeah. at the FD 1023, and it was heavily redacted. You weren't able to see some of the most damaging information. The FBI decided to keep that from you. 
That's that's exactly right. And, and that just shows how weaponized uh, these three letter agencies are. These three letter agencies are created by Congress, funded by the American taxpayer, and then they refuse to answer uh, to the body that actually created their agency uh, and, and refuse to have actual oversight. They are working hand in hand with Joe Biden to cover up all of the corruption. We even saw this in the testimony in the oversight hearing with the IRS whistleblowers when uh, they they laid out their hard lines. They said, you know, we, we came up against some red lines when we were told, do not investigate Hunter Bi or Joe Biden. Do not bring him into this. Do not bring other family members into this. When you have Leslie Wolf, um, who is interfering with the IRS uh, criminal investigation, when uh, you see that there were felony charges recommended by both the IRS uh, agents and by prosecutors, and then those were completely ignored. When, uh, when one of our IRS whistleblowers um, had an actual search warrant to search just a storage unit, very, very simple, uh, very normal process, uh, they were ready to go in, and this was halted. Uh, Leslie Wolf said, do not search this. They tipped off the FBI and shut down that investigation, and that's why we have these whistleblowers saying, no, we may be registered Democrats, but we want justice. We want what is fair. This is our job to bring justice to the American taxpayer. And uh, so I'm so proud of them for stepping up and, uh, and being brave enough to put their lives, their jobs, their careers on the line to make sure that we do have justice. So can you game theory this for me? Walk me through behind the scenes what is happening right now as it pertains to impeachment. How will this play out? Uh, so I, I certainly hope that this will go to the Judiciary Committee and Chairman uh, Jim Jordan will bring these articles of impeachment up uh, for an inquiry. And we hit this hard. Uh, I, I don't think that Joe Biden is the only impe impeachment that we need to be pursuing at this point. I, you have Merrick Garland, um, who is very much involved in, in this cover up, lying to uh, the IRS with Weiss, um, stories changing, uh, and uh, and certainly Secretary Mayorkas for the border. So. I I think we need to have um, just a full court press on impeachments with the, the leaders of these three letter agencies who are covering for the Biden crime family. But um, I, I, what my hope is, uh, is that the speaker gives the green light to Chairman uh, Jim Jordan to start this inquiry in the Judiciary Committee now. Uh, it, we don't need to wait for more evidence. We have the evidence. We see $17.3 million from the IRS whistleblower that was funneled through shell companies. We see the bribery uh, that's laid out between um, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and Burisma and the FD 1023s that were hidden for, for years. So we do not need to gather more information before an inquiry is started. It needs to start immediately. And Benny, I promise you, if anyone drags their feet on this, we're going straight back to the floor for a straight up and down vote on impeachment for Joe Biden. Wow. Wow. So it sounds like you're going to be enforcing the Bannon rule, right? You must testify. Otherwise, you'll go to prison. Will you be calling Hunter Biden in to testify? Hunter Biden absolutely uh, needs a subpoena and to come before um, our committees of jurisdiction to answer to this corruption, to answer to his shady business deals, his his paintings that were sold um, to, to people that now Joe Biden has hired. I, I mean, this is a, so bizarre, all of it. Yes. And, and it, it baffles me that 
my colleagues on the other side of the aisle would turn a blind eye to this um, and 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 allow the American people to to be um, so swindled by this corrupt family. Benny, do you remember when we thought Barack Obama was corrupt, when we thought Hillary Clinton was corrupt? This blows all of them out of the water. It's been going on for years. They do not have a family business. The only thing that the Bidens have ever sold is their influence through their positions in the United States government. Yeah. What a what a what a wonderful way to actually put that, because no matter what they say about Donald Trump, it's always like some tax uh, on some massive building that he owned inside of his legitimate real estate empire. The Bidens have never made an honest dollar in their lives. They've only ever uh, strip mined this nation and uh, gotten really, really rich off that. How does the guy afford so many beach houses? Why do they have so many beach houses? Why do all these people have so many beach houses? I thought the <laughs> waters were going to rise or something. Barack Obama has the magic power to stop that. Final question. Do you think that, um, I mean, that's the, the question we've been asking. Do you think that Obama knew about all this? I mean, candidly, do you, do you think that President Obama like knew that Joe Biden was doing this? Do you think that he's complicit in this? Do you think that some of your investigation may actually uncover the person they're actually, they're, they're truly trying to protect here, which is the Leviathan? Joe Biden. So certainly uh, that's Barack a strong Obama. allegation. And uh, maybe we'd need to bring Barack Obama in uh, to testify before one of these committees to see exactly what he knows. But the thing is, uh, there there is a paper trail uh, all around the Biden family. And uh, so I, I believe that we are going to see a lot of connections come out. I don't know if Barack Obama is going to be one of those, um, but we seem to uncover something new um, every time that we look into this. Uh, it, it's amazing how the FBI, uh, the IRS, they were looking into this for years and we've only been in the majority uh, for seven months here in the House of Representatives. And we've uncovered um, just about as much as they did over uh, years of investigations. So we are going after this very, very aggressively because we all know that the Biden crime family are a bunch of liars embezzling money by selling their access. And look, Benny, for nearly three years, Biden has lied and claimed he didn't know anything about Hunter's foreign grift and he didn't do business with him. But the House Oversight Committee uh, has now, uh, as I said earlier, subpoenaed Devin Archer, Hunter's business partner. Archer is expected to connect the dots and reveal how Joe and Hunter took $5 million each. And then Joe held up USAID to ensure the prosecutor investigating Hunter's boss and these Burisma uh, bribes was fired. Uh, heck, Joe Biden lied when he ran for president back in the 80s and, and had to terminate his campaign. This is something that is very common with this family. And I am very much looking forward to this deposition uh, with Devin Archer to uncover uh, even more of the corruption that, that is taking place. Um, I mean, Finney, President Trump was impeached by the House for Joe Biden's corruption. He simply said, hey, Somebody should look into this. This isn't right. This is corrupt. Uh, and uh, it was a complete quid pro quo by Joe. Yes. Such an important point. Such a perfect point. Yes. Donald Trump was impeached for Joe Biden's crimes. Yes. The end. Just for asking questions about looking into Joe Biden's crimes. Yes. And they know why, because it leads to Barack Obama. I, I can't get off. I can't get off this, that it all happened under Barack Obama's watch, mm -hmm. that Joe Biden is dumb and the Obama people were pretty smart. And they knew what was going on. You have the State Department memos like, whoa, what the hell are they doing in Ukraine here? Right. Barack Obama gave Joe Biden Ukraine. 
right? He gave he gave Joe Biden Ukraine. Yes. So it does lead to Barack huh. Obama. It really does. And that's who they're trying to protect here. I swear it. Uh, Lauren Boebert, thank you so very much uh, for your fight in Congress. Thank you for joining our program. Here's Lauren Boebert's Twitter. I, I hope that I hope that all of your viewers are calling their representatives yes. and the Speaker of the House and saying we need to get this impeachment inquiry going immediately. Uh, there is no time to waste here. We have got to reveal the truth to the American people. Yes, yes. Call your members of the House. Follow Lauren Boebert on Twitter. 2.7 million people can't be wrong. Get off their follower now, x.com, whatever. Get on over there and follow Lauren. She's a true fighter and a friend of the program. God bless you, Lauren, and Godspeed. Lauren Boebert talked about it. They're going after Trump because they cannot beat him at the ballot box, so they shall go after him using lawfare. They'll try and keep him from the ballot. Election update, ladies and gentlemen. They want to indict Trump again. Today is Tuesday, and they may indict Donald Trump today, According to sources, potential indictment for President Trump, special counsel's January 6th investigation could happen today. Uh, okay, so what's going on inside of uh, this investigation? So the people who are not being who are not being charged here are Nancy Pelosi, who said no to 20,000 National Guard troops that Donald Trump offered her. Nancy Pelosi, who didn't call in extra support. Uh, for 80 straight minutes, refused to take the phone calls uh, from the chief of police. Uh, not Nancy Pelosi, who tiptoed around the halls of Congress with a documentary crew during January 6th and had criminally low amounts of staff and protection for the building on January 6th and who officially lied about January 6th time and time and time again. And the January 6th committee refused to put actual Republicans on that committee who would have done real work, Jim Jordan and Jim Banks. No, no, no. It's not Nancy Pelosi who's being criminally indicted. It's Donald Trump. Oh, yeah, baby. It's Donald Trump who they wish to indict. And they're going to do it because it's in Washington, D.C. And you can indict, as they say, a ham sandwich in Washington, D.C. if it's a Republican. And Donald Trump is a Republican. So expect this to go forward. Uh, it remains to be seen what they will indict him for, for free speech, for incitement, for rebellious activity. That's what they want to get him on via the 14th Amendment to say that he can no longer stand for office because now he's been charged with insurrection. That's in the Constitution. But that's going to be a dubious legal case. Here's the news. If there's going to be an indictment here in Washington, D.C. on the special counsel's January 6th investigation, it could come as early as tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern time, when the grand jury is here in the courthouse. The January 6th grand jury tends to meet on Tuesdays and Thursdays, Ed, and the magistrate judge tends to sit at 1 p.m. Eastern time to hear his or her caseload. That's the soonest it could happen, but there's certainly no date on the calendar that's a date certain. There's no indictment that is certain. All we can say is the target letter that Trump acknowledged and announced and that we have confirmed is an indication to federal prosecution is likely, if not imminent. You want to measure this by days and weeks, not by months and years. So there you go. You can you can see them just, tant this just tantalizing. They just can't wait. This is why you got to impeach Biden.
You got to do it. You got to impeach Biden. Let the American people see for themselves. Let the American people see the cases for themselves. Enough of the headlines. Impeach the guy. Impeach the guy. Put the evidence out there for the American people. Shove it down their throats. They, they can't not cover it if you impeach Joe Biden. So let's get going, ladies and gentlemen. There are uh, strange times afoot. This entire program, we've been talking about mysteries, deaths, uh, the inability of our media to ever tell us a true story, the lies that get perpetuated again and again and again to all of us. Ladies and gentlemen, there is one truth that remains in spite of all of the lies and is the truth that has been and will always be, has been for all time, ladies and gentlemen. It is the truth that preceded us and our forefathers. It is the truth that sparked the very existence of the universe. And so let us take comfort in our verse of the day from Psalms. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. What I love about these Psalms is that they are primarily written by David. David is being hunted. David, the, the, the nation that David helped create and preserve, the nation of Israel, is now their, their leadership is hunting and trying to kill him. He's hiding in the wilderness. And he is talking about taking refuge, seeking a lamp unto his feet, being laid down peacefully as a lamb in a field by the great and good shepherd. He is under distress and our nation right now is under distress. And much as David ran and fought and found refuge, ladies and gentlemen, we seek that same refuge today. We want that refuge for our lives and that peace for our lives. So take peace and solace in the Psalms. And those who came before us and those who will come after us will thank us for our trueness and our faith in this moment, this dark, dark moment. Ladies and gentlemen, that is why we fight on, on this program. God, family, country is what keeps us going. It's your boy, Benny. See ya.